Welcome everyone to this week's Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program on Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease, and tonight's topic is going to be jumping into running, engaging online and hybrid meetings. We'll take them in that order. So you're gonna have the chance to join Tamara Staten, CCL's Education and Resilience Coordinator for a training that's gonna review recommendations and tips for chapters interested in running, engaging online and hybrid. And by that, we mean both in-person and online attendees participating for your meetings. Come prepared to share what's worked for you as well. So in the chat, as you have recommendations, we'll be pulling a lot from the wisdom of our CCL chapters around the country, uh, but you are more than welcome to keep adding your suggestions as we go through tonight's training as well. And so for the first part, a little bit more about Tamara, and then I'll pass it to her to take us through our first section tonight. Tamara's been volunteering with CCL since 2011 and feels grateful to serve on staff in two roles, not just one, as if that wasn't enough, as both CCL's Education and Resilience Coordinator, as well as the Greater Pacific Northwest Regional Coordinator, both of which give Tamara the opportunity to support volunteers in their participation and active engagement as climate advocates. And I would love to say um, a huge thank you on my end of things as we get going here, we've had just such a wealth of recommendations and resources from chapters throughout the country. Um, I will make sure to specifically name the people as we get to the hybrid Zoom recommendations in a little bit. Um, but thank you, especially for those of you that are on the line that have helped make that possible. All right, so if we've done our job well, you're gonna have the chance to walk away with the three following learning goals tonight. Number one, we're gonna provide recommendations for you on how to be effective in your meeting facilitation, whether you're running a meeting online or with a hybrid setup. Number two, we're gonna also highlight resources that are available for you on CCL community to help deepen engagement and connectivity with your meeting participants. And number three, we're gonna review some of the basic technical details for what other groups have found in setting up their hybrid meetings so that you can try them out for your own group as well. So Tamara's gonna go first. We're gonna talk about facilitation tips in general and remind you that we have a whole training that's actually separate about that. We're then going to th think about three steps that you can do in your own facilitation to make your meetings more engaging. Tamara's got some real practical grounded examples for each. We'll then pause for Q&A. And then the second half, we're gonna think about both the basic setup for having an effective hybrid meeting and the tech you need to get that set up, as well as some more advanced recommendations from chapters that have had success throughout the country in employing that. And awesome, thank you, Brett. And it's really great to be here with all of you this evening. Forgive me for one moment as I put you on my screen. I, um, I'm a teacher in my past life, pre-CCL, and I love, it lights me up to see faces on the screen. So. If it's no big deal to you and you want to share your face with the rest of us, awesome. That'd be great. If you're changing diapers, cooking dinner, driving a car, whatever, like obviously no pressure, but it does. I love seeing your faces. So thanks so much for being here, everybody. So as Brad said, my name is Tamara Staten. If we haven't met yet, even if we have, that's still my name. I'm excited that I get to join you and Brett this evening to explore the idea of creating engaging online experiences. So the first place that I want to start is by mentioning that as facilitators and leaders, we each have our own style, right? And that's part of what I love about life is this beauty and this diversity, this type of diversity specifically around facilitation that, that 
we bring to the gatherings that we attend and that we run and that we lead and facilitate. Some of us are loud. Some of us have lots of energy. <clears throat> some of us are quiet. Some of us are more passionate. Others are more subdued. There is an art to facilitation that makes space for all of the variations we bring. And at the same time, as you can imagine, there are some approaches and practices that we can employ as facilitators that really support people in having an enjoyable, engaging experience more than other approaches might support that. For some of us, these tips might be quite easy to implement. Just hearing and practicing them is enough. And for others of us, it may feel like a huge lift to consider trying new approaches that feel so far out of our wheelhouse. And when you notice that about your experience, I'm just going to say right now, I encourage you to lean into one primary question. Where is my growing edge as facilitator? This is CCL, right? Like my one of my favorite parts about CCL is that second mission that we have to empower individuals to have breakthroughs in their personal and political power. So where is my growing edge as facilitator? If you can ride that edge by trying some new things, awesome. If you can try a few new things and see how they go while still being able to maintain your integrity and your foundation as a facilitator, excellent. Keep trying new things, new activities, asking for feedback and being open to imperfection. If, on the other hand, the tips, tricks, and new ideas that we explore push you way past your growing edge and deep into that really uncomfortable space, then this is also an invitation for you to begin to consider, is there someone else that can support me as a facilitator, right? This is what we ended up doing in the Portland chapter um, in sort of a different way. I love facilitating. I got kind of tired of sending emails and figuring out all the logistics and planning the agenda. They would just give me the agenda and I would just run the show and I loved it. It was, it was awesome. So figuring out what, what it is that brings you joy. If you're the facilitator type or you want to lean into that facilitator edge. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. So let's start with those basic facilitation type. So those basic facilitation tips that I mentioned. And then we'll move deeper into the process of what I like to call enjoyifying. So the first piece here is that facilitator energy, if there's nothing else that you get from this entire evening, this is it. Facilitator energy is the most important aspect of creating engaging gatherings. So you might ask yourself, or I will ask you, what could you do to make a 1% shift in your own energy for your meetings? What makes you smile and laugh? We're gonna spend a bit more time on this in just a few minutes. So I'm gonna keep going, but keep that in mind. The other tip that I wanna give is to give very clear instructions. Add instructions to the chat whenever possible, especially before sending people to breakout rooms. When putting people in breakout rooms, you wanna include how people might decide who will start the activity or share first, right? You've heard lots of ideas alphabetical by first name, the shortest, longest hair, I think is one that we often do in CCL, smallest shoe size, and so forth. These are things that you can really um, spice. It's a way you can integrate ways to create connection while at the same time giving people structure. So giving very clear instructions. Um, you want to respond. I like responding people and um, being as creative with those responses as possible. Right. So I don't know about you, but I know that I have been in Zooms where I will share and then nothing gets said. Right. Yeah. I see a couple of you nodding. You're like, did anybody hear what I just said? Am I talking to a wall? Hmm. Why did I even share that? I feel really vulnerable right now. I wish I hadn't said anything. Right. 
it makes people feel so valued and so heard. And that's like one of our key needs as human beings is to feel, is to feel heard and feel seen and feel recognized and appreciated. So uh, responding to people individually, right? Even when you say like, I see you nodding, Kayla. Like, I, yeah, you are with me, right? Like it makes a difference when we feel seen and when we can, we can respond to people in that way. Um, you can also get creative about this whenever you can. Like I've played, um, George might be able to attest to the fact that you know, sometimes I'll ask a question, like an opening question, and I think we played this game once, like, if you were, could embody um, any animal characteristic, which animal characteristic might you embody? So the other thing I want to really encourage you to do is to really consider various personalities. Um, we're all different, right? We also have a lot of similarities, but keeping in mind that some people are introverts and some people are talkers and some people are comfortable in the space and others are not really making making that um, an intentional being intentional about the activities you plan will make a big difference and then the last thing definitely uh last but not least is to be prepared get on the line early be ready with your materials have your tabs your windows open Consider having an, an opening question on a slide when people come. I sometimes like having really quiet background music. I turn Pandora like all the way down, almost all the way down. Um, so we have other um, suggestions. I think, oh, he already popped those in there. <laughs> I don't even need to talk and Brett like is already on it. So we have other um, trainings where you can get some more ideas. So those are some basics of facilitation. And now we get to dive into the really juicy part. At least it's my favorite part of this content. So a lot of people are motivated to participate in activities that help them feel connected and engaged and happy, right? Um, raise your hand if you don't like participating in activities that you enjoy. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> when we focus on creating such opportunities for people in our online gatherings, we actually support their development and their ability to be effective advocates. And one of our levers is volunteer development, right? So this training, training was created to support you in considering and finding and creating and implementing activities for your meetings to help build community, create an increased comfort level among your volunteers and make your gatherings fun and engaging for everyone what I like to call enjoyifying. Many of these activities, I just wanna say, are applicable to online as well as in-person and hybrid meetings. So the first thing is that you can consider is to energize. The second piece is to personalize. And the third piece is to, yes, smileize. And that is an official term. You can check it out, look it up in the dictionaries. It's gotta be there. So. The question to ask with energizing is how can I up my energy before and during the event, right? Especially if you're going to be going into a, an event or a meeting or a gathering that makes you a little nervous, like what can you do to up your energy before, during an event? We're going to talk about all of these in more detail, but as an overview, the second piece is to personalize. How can I connect the content to what people care about? Right, we want to make it worth their time. We want to help them really like lean in a little bit and really like want to hear almost every word that we're saying. And the third part, yes, smile eyes. How can I help people enjoy their experience? Because life's too short not to enjoy, enjoy it, right? So here is my invitation to you. Speaking of engaging, what helps you feel alive? I would like, this is a question for you right now. It's an invitation for you to share in the chat, okay? 
Think about your life. Think about you. What helps you feel alive? It might be, yeah, dancing. Kayla, I knew you were a dancer. I just felt it. Yeah, music, hiking a mountain, connections with my friends and community, right? So Brett might call his friend before a call, like if he were leading a big thing, like Brett's online all the time. Does he ever get nervous? Maybe. Maybe for a big one, he might call his mom or something, right? Sports, snowboarding, tennis, go play around a tennis or even just shoot, like hit a ball against your garage or whatever for two minutes. It can make a huge difference. Gardening, go do pulled like 10 weeds before your, your event, right? Laughing, yeah, watch your favorite puppy video or your like most favorite, um, uh, who's that guy who made all those videos in the pandemic? There's, I can't remember his name, but anyway, find something funny to laugh at. <clears throat> Go on a bike ride. Yes. Any of these things. Exactly. So that's what you want to do more of. You want to do more of that before and if possible during your event, it might be hard to play tennis during your call, but there might be some things that you could integrate, right? Like maybe you like have a particular rock that just you feel it. Um, I have my little ring that I play with all the time when my call, you have these things that help you feel grounded and help you feel more alive. And you get bonus points, call me, I'll give them to you. If you ask others in your meetings what helps them feel alive and you do more of that. Sometimes I think we feel like we just have to assume what people like. We could just ask them, right? So why, why do things that help us feel alive? Well, here's why. I did a, a poll once recently, like a month ago, I think on one of my calls. And I asked people, what's it like to enjoy what you're doing? And this is what they said right? How awesome would it be to have people in our meetings feeling these things, right? Feeling energy, smiling in this lighthearted prance. That's my favorite word on there, prance, okay? Like having CCLers and new to, new to CCLers like blissful in our meetings, how cool would that be, right? Okay, so we're moving on to personalize. Here's another question for you. Who is in your online gatherings, okay? in the chat, tell me who's there. We've got the traditional people, right? The people that we often think about in CCL, like the, the, the group leaders. We've got, um, we've got people who are experienced with CCL. We've got people who are new to CCL. We've got men, we've got women, we've got non-binary individuals, right? I'm giving you all the basic ones, okay? Um, we are, yeah. Give me specifics. I'm really inviting you to share a couple specifics and I will invite you. I'll give you a little clue. I'm asking you to think outside the box. Like students, yes, there we go. Who else comes to your meetings? Senior citizens. Mm -hmm. So you can think about age, right? Retired white folks, a few new younger folks, okay? Do you have people, you have jokesters in your meeting? Anybody have jokesters? Anybody have introverts in your meeting? Introverts, extroverts, cat lovers. Dog lovers. I know you have dog lovers because every time I talk about dogs, more people, sorry, cat lovers, but more people often raise their hand about dogs and cats. No offense. Maybe it's just who I hang out with. Always introverts. Bakers. Exactly. Bakers, food lovers, coffee drinkers, skiers, smart people. Yeah. And people who may not know as much, right? So that's the question to ask yourself, right? Is We've got all sorts of people in our meetings. So you might not be sure who comes to your meetings, right? So you can assume, like I did, that you have some cat lovers and dog lovers and people who don't participate in animal bias in your meeting. 
or and or you could also do an activity early on that helps you find out and gets people smiling. And as you can imagine, that's what we're going to do right now. Okay, we're going to play one of my favorite games of late and it's called stand up if and the bonus you don't even have to stand up to play this game. Okay, this game is totally challenged by choice so sit there and watch me um, if you would like to or part play along if you would like to do that i'm going to share a series of invitations. Um, if it applies to you do the thing and if it doesn't just wait for the next one okay so as an example touch your nose if you're a cat lover come on cat lovers where are you touch your nose yeah george is really cat lover because he's leaning in and he wants me to know that he is a cat lover stretch one arm if you're a dog lover okay it's split it's a split house tonight all right awesome twist your wrists if you don't participate in animal bias. You're like, whatever, I like all animals. Pat your arms if you're new to facilitating. This facilitating gig is like, mm, not, yeah. wow, look at that. Oh, we have a house full of experienced. That's awesome. Okay, do a neck roll. This is my favorite one. If food brings you joy, food brings you joy. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, how about swing your arms if chocolate brings you even more joy? Chocolate lovers, where are you? Don't worry, fruities, I got you covered. Swagger your shoulders if you are more of a fruity sugar kind of person. You choose the, the fruit ice cream. What? Not very many of you. Brett, I didn't know that. I did not know that about you. Wow, see the things you can learn about people? Bounce up and down if you've ever done the backpacking thing through Europe in your life. Backpacking through Europe, post-college. Oh, not very many of you. Interesting, I thought there'd be more. Okay, couple more. Give me a thumbs up if you think it'd be pretty awesome to take members of Congress out into the wilderness. Okay, last but certainly not least, George, this one's for you. Lean in and scrunch up your face if you're so ready to move on and talk about smileizing. Oh, some of you are, all right. Some of you could just keep on playing all night. So basically consider who's there and what they might care about, right? And the other thing I wanna just mention is mix it up regularly whenever possible, every 10 to 15 minutes when possible. Um, you might have an opener to do some community building. You might have breakout room time um, with small groups or partners. You might have some space for people to contribute in chat or aloud. And you might do some polls and show some images and have some sharing time and have some listening time. I'm assuming that this does not sound like new information to any of you since lots of you talked about how your experience facilitating. So, all right, moving on to smile eyes. <clears throat> Another invitation in the chat. When do people smile? What makes you smile? What makes other people smile? Anything goes here. Anything respectful and appropriate is good for the chat to add right now. Shy people. I think that's probably last <laughs> left from last time, but that makes me that makes me laugh. The funnies, the funnies, hearing other people laugh. Yeah, I love that, Brandy. Happy folks. Yes, it's totally contagious, Roger. Seeing people I like, me too, seeing people I like. Yeah, that's I think why we have photos, like looking at my mom right there and my daughter right there, totally. When I wake up in the morning, how awesome is that? Is that, is it Lisa? I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name right, but is it Lisa, 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 Lisa? Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. it's Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Okay, Lisa. Perfect. 
Awesome. Love that you smile when you wake up in the morning. How lucky are you? Giggling babies. Yes, exactly. So seeing people trying. Oh, I love that one, Iona. That's awesome. Seeing people trying, right? There's that edge, that difference between seeing people trying, like laughing and smiling, right? It's like laughing when people are trying is a little different than smiling. When they're relaxed and confident. Oh my gosh, Greg, Gregory, you totally segued right into where I was going with this. People smile when they are feel relaxed, when they feel confident, when they're having fun, when they can relate, when they see irony, when they see themselves in the content or the process, right? Big picture. So we're naturally not going to be able to know all of the things of all of the jokesters and the introverts and the dog lovers and the coffee drinkers in our meeting of what are all the things that make them smile. But if you zoom out like Gregory did, Greg Gregory, um, and consider these things, right? It's like often you can just assume that there are at least some people in the room, in the Zoom room like you. Um, not everybody, but we are humans and we do have a lot in common with a lot of people. So um, the other thing about smileizing is you basically just wanna help people experience more of that in your meetings, right? Um, if you need some ideas, we have some for you. In fact, we've got some resources on community. Uh, we have a very long document that I created um, as a resource. It's called Enjoyifying Your Zoom and um, cclusa.org forward slash enjoyify. We made it really easy for you to find. And I just finished creating an interactive training today, hot off the presses for you or for you to reference or for you to share with your people. Same name, enjoyifying your Zoom. Um, and we also have a, a virtual clipboard. This is a little bit different than what we've been talking about. It's actually a good segue into what Brett's gonna talk about, but in Portland and I know in other chapters, there is um, something that they use, we use called the virtual clipboard and it's a way for people to sign in we pop it into the chat. We say, hey, sign in at the virtual clipboard. And we, we add the virtual clipboard to the chat every time we give people an opportunity to um, take part in an action. Hey, we're going on a birding hike this Saturday. If you want to go or you think you might want to go, add your name to the virtual clipboard. And we have a little section for each of the things that we're talking about. Hey, we're writing letters to the editor this month. If you want to write one and participate, then add your name on the virtual clipboard. And then we also have some additional trainings, how to host online Zoom meetings and planning and facilitating a group meeting. And I just wanna say this before I pass it back over to Brett. I don't know how I'm doing on time. Oh, pretty good. I encourage you to be creative. And I said this already, but I'm gonna say it again because it deserves to be said a million times, to be open to imperfection and awkwardness the first few times you try any activity. Right, especially if you're new or newer to getting outside the box around online or hybrid facilitation. While there are many activities that you might try, even just using one, one activity, one question, one anything, right? Like one vote with your thumbs in your meeting um, can change the experience of your gathering for you and other people. So start small and most of all, do whatever you can to enjoy the process yourself because like I said, your energy is the most important thing that you can do for your people to help them engage. So before I sign off, pass it to Brett, I'm going to ask you in the chat, what is one idea that you have heard 
in the first half of this training that intrigues you enough to be tempted to try it in the next couple of weeks. And I say couple of weeks because I don't know when the next thing that you're facilitating is. So maybe the next time you, that you have something that you're facilitating, whether that's a chapter meeting or some sort of an online gathering or a, a, um, let's see what kind of activities are you intrigued to potentially try or invite somebody else to try at your meetings, right? Um, so let's jump in on the second half here then. And obviously, uh, from this point, uh, you know, many of us have been in meetings and circumstances where technology was glitching or malfunctioning. We've also been in events where distracting technology could have been avoided if we'd actually just spent the time or whoever was facilitating it spent the time preparing and uh, taking proper precautions, right? That's really what the second half is all about, is thinking about how to think ahead on smoothing out the tech side of our meetings so that that can make a big difference towards enjoyifying the process that Tamara's already revealed. And so there's a number of things that we're gonna review here on the next couple of slides, including practicing, asking others to help us, getting familiar with the basics ahead of time, and staying in our tech comfort zone for the actual live experience. You're always welcome to experiment uh, ahead of time uh, with groups, but it's probably not a good idea the very first time you try something to have it be your chapter meeting. So keep in mind all of these recommendations as we jump in. And the first thing that I'm actually gonna highlight here is basically this helpful chart that shows how a hybrid meeting is meant to engage all four of these quadrants, right? So at a very basic level, again, hybrid, we define as a meeting that includes both in-person as well as online attendees. You wanna think through the needs of your group and how it's gonna meet the following four quadrants. Number one, how in-person in participants are gonna be able to see your online attendees. Are you gonna go really big uh, with like a Chromecast connection to a TV? Are you gonna go really small with a simple projection screen or a laptop? Number two, how in-person participants will be able to share their thoughts in dialogue so that online attendees can hear them having a practice agreed upon ahead of time, like simply talking towards the computer or investing as a chapter in a microphone that you can pass around, whether it's corded or wireless, so that people can actually hear online. The third area or quadrant, thinking through how online participants will have a culture of being able to share their thoughts and dialogue so that in-person attendees can hear, right? So whether it's making sure that your external speaker that's hooked up to your projector or your computer or whatever you're using is loud enough, testing it ahead of time for in-person attendees to hear, especially over conversation um, that may be happening already in the room. And then lastly, you wanna think about then how in-person participants can see the online attendees. And again, whether that's gonna be something that you're projecting on the wall, whether that's something that you can have available with passing around the actual low-tech solution of a laptop, you name it. Other recommendations are basically to include, and this is again after compiling a lot of interviews that we've done with at least five different groups that have had successful hybrid meetings over the last year, uh, making sure that you have at least two leaders, a designated tech person and a designated in-person facilitator. And the tech person can be in the room with the actual in-person attendees, or they can just be exclusively online and kind of helping relay things to the in-person facilitator. And you also wanna make sure like Tamara already highlighted, thinking through your agenda ahead of time 
If you're doing a hybrid meeting in particular, you want to build in time to pause between in-person sharing with each agenda item to make sure that other online attendees, if they have something additional to add, have been engaged. So those are really some of the key basic requirements or recommendations. Again, if you're going low tech, in order to have a successful hybrid meeting, I'll just speak from personal experience. We here in uh, the Duluth Two Harbors area of Minnesota have been doing hybrid meetings for over a year. We don't have a fancy owl. We don't have a fancy projector. We don't have three Apple TVs that are projected on the wall. We have a relatively small group of about 15 to 20, uh, you know, I guess maybe mid-sized group that are engaged on a monthly basis, but we use a laptop. Um, and that's what we pass around and we make sure the culture is between each of these um, uh, items on the agenda that people can hear the online attendees and they are engaged. And if we do a breakout activity with some of those wonderful examples that Tamara provided, we do it both with breakouts online in small groups as well as breakouts with your partner next to you, whoever's attending to you in person. Some additional recommendations include again a simple projector. Uh, you can get really low tech ones online for less than $100. You can have those projected onto a wall or a white sheet. Um, again, with fewer attendees, you don't even need that. You can pass a laptop around so that people can speak directly into the Zoom. And I think the real thing here is right-sizing your tech needs for how big your group is. Um, if you have a high percentage of people that show up and it's 50, it's going to look different than if you have three to five people showing up on a monthly basis. One other wonderful resource, and this is a great uh, document that was put already in the group leader forums. A special shout out goes to Lisa Richardson and Sylvia Neely of uh, the State College Pennsylvania CCL chapter. They have nine tips that State College Pennsylvania put together for their successful background. You'll see a lot of overlap here. So number one, one leader is in charge of the in-person side of gatherings and the other volunteer is in charge of managing Zoom. And what that tech person does, I would say at a bare minimum, is make sure that anything that is being shared in the chat for your online attendees is getting to the group in person so that that's relayed and it's part of the common experience. And that person should also feel comfortable setting up breakout rooms, knowing how to help people mute and unmute, and worst case scenario, if your chapter happens to have a Zoom bomber, know the security basics to kick that infractor out. Those are the basics that the tech person would need to know. Um, they can be more advanced than that, but that would be my general recommendation. Um, they also highlighted again, CCL College, um, the Pennsylvania uh, State College chapter highlighted the importance of having a clearly defined agenda in advance making sure whether it's a Google document that your chapter can share around and edit and change right up to the meeting or something online that you email out like a PDF, having that be available for people during your meeting um, so that they know and even just copy and paste it in the chat, the following um, kind of how to follow the actual overview of your meeting. You wanna make sure ahead of time, obviously to identify a venue that can provide the unique needs you have for technological equipment. Again, if it's a simple setup, it doesn't need to be really anything unique. Um, for example, here locally, we alternate meeting in two different cities since we span two communities. And in our local community, we meet here in Duluth at our UU church, and they have a wonderful owl and a common space that we can provide access to without having to invest that ourselves. And I'll get into the owl in a little bit, but that's a wonderful technology that might be available and provides the needs that we have tech-wise. Um, you want to think through ahead of time how you're going to connect your computer 
with the digital screen and have it in gallery view. So people that are attending in person can see all the friendly faces like we can see each other tonight and have that projected either on the laptop um, or on the screen, wherever you might be showcasing the online attendees faces. The biggest thing again is just taking time ahead of time. We're already saying this many times over, but testing out your tech setup ahead of time with your core team. So you feel comfortable, you get that practice session in, even if it's showing up to the meeting an hour early, um, that way you're there and ready to go when the actual meeting shows up and you're not worried about, is it gonna actually work out? You wanna think about arranging the seating again. This is all based on the wonderful nine tips that the state college team have uh, that uh, make sure that attendees can see each other both in person and online like we reviewed. You wanna focus on who is speaking so that as you have a group culture, the people that are sharing, if they're in person, um, you know the online meeting attendees are muted. And if somebody's raised their hand online, the people in person slow down and listen to what the person would like to share online and can actually hear them. You wanna make sure to check the sound quality ahead of time as well. That can be again with your simple setup for testing. And I would recommend for this one in particular, actually having somebody join in your test run online so that you're not just presuming that it's gonna work, right? Have them walk to another room and call in, um, test out you know, what the actual quality is like with that sound so that people can actually see the sound level uh, that's gonna be best for hearing each other. And then like we highlighted already, the importance of having an online side component to manage the chat and keep everything running on Zoom or whatever online meeting platform that you prefer. All right, so with that, let's transition to really thinking through a couple of formats that are a bit more advanced, uh, again, that you are more than welcome to check out on your own. Um, and if these feel like the right fit for you, uh, we wanted to provide some additional recommendations that have worked well for others. The first one is Owl Labs Meeting Owl. It's a wonderful technology that you can see here on this slide, it actually looks like an owl. And essentially it's created by the company Owl Labs as a solution to develop an autonomous alternative to basically clunky meeting room cameras. And what they tried to create as a result is this meeting owl. It runs about $1,000 for the actual technology. So we recommend not purchasing an outright yourself, but trying to work with your local library or university or um, place of worship, wherever you might be meeting to see if they'd be interested in getting one for all of their groups that use that space. And then you can enjoy using it as well for your meetings. Essentially, it's a two and a half pound fabric clad cylinder with USB ports for monitors and a PC and a pair of indicator LED lights. You can see there, uh, they they're meant to mimic the eyes of the namesake animal. And essentially what it does is it basically provides a 360 degree view of its surroundings courtesy of a big 720p camera with a custom designed fisheye lens. So it has eight microphone array and algorithms that help identify this direction of speech from up to 12 feet away and highlight active speakers, uh, really automatically creating some split views when more than one person is even talking or participating up to three at a time. So it works with all platforms. It's meant to be platform agnostic, whether you're using Zoom or Hangouts or Slack or Skype, any other video uh, conferencing platforms. And it really continues to help groups feel connected if they are attending online with the folks in a meeting room. Again, we found up to probably 12 to 15 people that are sitting around a table to be the effective amount. There's two really helpful instructional videos that Owl Labs, the producer of this technology, have available. The first is just setting it up and what the basic technology requirements are and 
how to find you know, the information available on your website. And then the second meeting um, link is actually looking at what this meeting experience looks like. I'm not gonna actually share the, the full video here on this front, but just as a little preview in, here's what OWL looks like for an online attendee. What it does, it's this wonderful little device that rotates automatically around to focus in on the speaker or multiple speakers. You don't have to do anything. It detects voice activated microphone and rotates around so that based on who's talking, you can kind of see it goes from you know, one person to another person and it's got this little owl face. So it actually looks like an owl too, it's very cute. Um, and if you wanna actually see what this looks like um, to test it out or even ask your local library to perhaps buy an owl for their meetings so that your local chapter can benefit as well. Um, that's one thing that I know a lot of groups um, have been interested in trying out. We've had a couple of uh, great success stories with it. And those links are in the chat as well as the slides for tonight's training. All right, so we talked a lot about uh, groups that have had success with various recommendations on their hybrid meetings. The big shout out that we wanna give still is to CCL San Francisco. You can see their formation set up here. And I wanna especially thank you, a big thank you to Deanna Suchlow and to Stuart Collins and to the whole crew in CCL San Francisco that have helped present to California group leaders on this very topic. And now we're making sure to include here for the benefit of all CCL groups. Um, Deanna was also making sure to include a big thank you to CCL Modesto chapter leader, Bill Anelli for a lot of her recommendations and building on their success for San Francisco. So let's find out more about how they get set up. And again, they're having, you know, 30 plus people attend actually in um, person, you know, and online um, monthly. So this is again for a pretty big group don't feel like you need to actually have it be something that uh, you also have to do unless you've got a group that size. But I think it's helpful uh, because basically uh, since October, they've had um, a really great 50-50 split of people attending in person and remote. And this kind of setup has allowed them to provide the unique needs of people that clearly have health concerns or for any various reasons would like to attend remotely uh, while balancing those that still seek that in-person connection are comfortable with getting together in person these days. And the biggest thing I'll just highlight on this front is for anyone that has questions specifically about San Francisco setup, I put a link to their uh, email in the chat. Uh, it's just sfcitizensclimatelobby at gmail.com. And uh, Deanna has said graciously that they're more than welcome to um, highlight anything uh, that you have questions about to respond to. So what they have are basically two TVs. You can see, you know, at the front of the room is basically right here on the top blue banner. They have two TVs that are allowing for Apple AirPlay. That's what they use to connect. One is for sharing the national call and the slide deck to the in-person attendees, whatever they're using, they prepare their monthly agenda in the form of slides. So they're super advanced, gold star to San Francisco. And the other TV is for showing the Zoom attendees to the people in the room. So that's what those two TVs are for. The two laptops are for one, connecting to the TV to show the slides to the room. So one of the laptops is connected to this one to show obviously the slides they're paging through. And the other laptop is for monitoring Zoom and connecting to that second TV. So one is basically an in-house setup and they join that account then to Zoom so that they're screen sharing both in-person and online. And the other one is just connected to the Zoom account and projecting the attendees in gallery view so everyone can see them. 
Um, the iPhone on a little tripod you can see there listed is actually uh, available to show the room to the Zoom attendees. So that's how they project that back to uh, the people on Zoom. Uh, they have iPad uh, connected, actually I lied, that is what they have sharing to the slides. So this one actually isn't connected to Zoom at all. It's all set up here on this table um, for the Zoom connection. And then lastly, they have, uh, as you can see in the center area, a stage with a microphone where one of the meeting leaders sits uh, with that second laptop to advance the slides for the agenda. And uh, basically that amplifies the group leader's voice to both the room as well as to Zoom so they can be heard. And that basically <clears throat> is their setup. So in closing, in the summary of all the interviews I've had uh, with people leading up to uh, the tech side of these considerations, I love this quote from Bill and Ellie of CCL, uh, CCL California Modesto, the three Fs of having fun, being fluid and flexible, right? You are approaching this with an experiment mindset. It's okay to learn things every time, every month. You know, we've been doing a hybrid meeting here locally for over a year. We still learn things every month to help make it more engaging for our group. If you approach your own meetings that way, I think you're gonna have a lot more success and help build culture for everyone else to be along the journey with you. Um, again, the whole consideration of what your unique needs are really hinges on how big your chapter is. It's going to look differently if you've got a small group, and you're more than welcome to go high tech, even if you have three or four people meeting. Uh, but chances are to meet with success, just start small, uh, have a simple laptop at first, it goes well, scaling up even to 20 plus people from our local experience. The other key thing is to ask for help. Like Tamara acknowledged at the very beginning, on the facilitation side, on the tech side, if you aren't the person as a group leader to know a lot about Zoom, it's okay. This is an opportunity for you to say, I am not a tech person. I would love help. I think we can really have a more robust chapter meeting if we're good at getting our hybrid meeting dialed in. Who here has background on Zoom? And even seeking out help outside of your traditional CCL go-tos is a great growth opportunity to bring in somebody new, right? The other key thing that people have highlighted is making space every meeting at the end to ask for feedback. How could this be better? What did you not like? What was missing? What can we improve on for next monthly hybrid meeting? Making sure to build that culture of feedback in so that you don't forget to engage people even while they're there in the meeting still for their feedback or to email you afterwards, at least engages you in an improvement cycle so that next time you can even address any concerns that people had. And then lastly, I've just highlighted here, we have a whole support in our forums on the site-wide uh, side of things for community, where if you go to site-wide forums and then under our chapter and volunteer development lever, there's a tech support forum. So outside of tonight, if you have any needs, please feel free to go there. Um, you can just simply go to cclusa.org forward slash forums. Um, I'll also put specifically this category in the chat for tech support. Um, and if you have any questions after tonight, uh, chances are there's going to be a whole host of people. We've actually got some active CCLers in San Francisco that are really helpful on that tech support forum forums. This is such a rich and important topic that we're showing up in space for. And if we can help refine and hone in our facilitation and our tech familiarity for each other, it ultimately benefits all of our chapters. So thank you for your time and your investment on this topic. And I really hope that you found Tamara and I's topics tonight useful. And we look forward to hearing how they're showing up in your own local facilitation, everyone. Thank you. Hey, everybody. So good to see you all. Thank Hi. You. Likewise, George. Thank you, Iona. Thank Fantastic. you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. 
Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.